let's just I'm just gonna start us off. Uh, welcome to One Way or Another podcast. Um, we discuss so many things, uh, but we're just gonna try and keep it concise to what we're talking about today, which is the MonsterVerse, um, the uh, cinematic universe of Godzilla and Kong, and uh, kind of acts as like an MCU for big CGI monsters. And what do you have to say about it? Oh man, uh, I'm real excited. You know, uh, I've seen a lot of Godzilla or King Kong movies over the years, but um, I think these ones have definitely taken the taken the cake for a CG the CGI work and overall just the story and development is just uh, amazing. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, and I feel like part of it is the uh, the budget that uh, Warner Brothers and Legendary has to go off of. If you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, they, I mean, they're doing a lot with what they with what they got. And they're doing which, it well. Which I, which I always love to see. Um, because yeah. I, I, I love when um, uh, studios take something that's kind of like just like a smart a small cartoon or like a low budget film and they reboot it to where it's nice and really developed yeah i mean i, I think like you know when godzilla and king kong were first like created you know uh way back when you know they didn't have a whole lot of budget or really any kind of technology to make it look good but i think nowadays that you know technology has caught up with the times and what they had imagined when they created this monster verse is just astounding. Yes. Um, okay. So um, we should just, I guess, start discussing um, the movies one by one again. Yep. Um, uh, just, just, just a little um, funny story here for anyone that's listening. Um uh, we already recorded this episode, actually, um, and yep. we went through it all. But however, um, me being the uh, the the bad co-host I am, I recorded on Discord rather the <laughs> Anchor app, and the the, the the audio was not downloading correctly. So we just had to re-record. Which I mean, honestly, it just gives a chance to like uh, go. We went through a whole episode before, and mm-hmm. it just. Like, chance for us to have had that practice now we're going back into the and we're even more prepared yeah and you know we we learned our lesson that yep. hey don't you don't use discord you know yeah clearly there's something up there but or maybe we just used it wrong or whatever but yeah. uh i i think it would have been a lot easier if i were to use actual like computer that could have processed the audio a lot better um, yeah obviously we're not the the bigger budgeted uh, podcast, you know, they got all the fancy equipment or, or anything. Yeah, ho- I mean, hopefully one day we'll kind of get around there. I am. Um, that would be awesome. I am. I am, of course, uh, as um, many people usually are, uh, looking forward to trying to build a PC or just get a PC in general. Yeah. You know, and, the- and then, and then, a, and then a mic as well. I just want one of those like really nice mics just talking to. It's like, it just seems so fun to talk into. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you said, it does look fun to talk into and better sound quality, you know, yep. overall better podcast. But, you know, we, we're we doing it with what we got. We're going to make the best make the best of it. 
Of course. And so, on that note, let's uh, let's go ahead and just dive right into the podcast. Okay, so mm. in of course by uh, by talking about the first installment of the MonsterVerse, Gods of the twenty fourteen. Now, give me your initial thoughts on it. Oh uh, well, you know my my initial thoughts were, you know, hey, amazing movie. I would have loved to see Godzilla a little bit more, but what we did see of Godzilla, they did outstandingly. They did real well, and they really built up to it. You know, which yeah, was awesome. Which which I think is uh one one of the directors <clears throat> there was uh trying to use kind of like the Jaws kind of like a less is more approach where it's just like yeah. You're dorsal fins you're just seeing its tail until you finally build up that full statue in the airport mm-hmm. in hawaii and then you hear the iconic um, amazing godzilla roar which i oh man the uh the sound designers uh took on uh, a seemingly impossible task of not only treasuring that um uh yeah. sound the a very iconic sound however they uh they didn't just uh treasure it they revamped it into making mm-hmm. it a more uh, like monster like i want to say more like kind of reminds me more of the t-rex roar as well from Jurassic park yeah yeah and uh you know the like you said the the kind of mm, the kind of you know like as you, you said treasuring I, I don't really know how else to put it other than that you know the og godzillas godzilla movies uh and w- anytime we see like kind of like a reboot of an old movie or something and they kind of pay homage to the originals. To me, I always think that's awesome because they're like, "Hey, we're doing our own thing, but don't don't let that take away from what what they uh, the groundwork they laid for us to get here." Yeah, of course. Um, and I I think honestly that's that's kind of the sole purpose going into uh, a reboot. And uh, yeah. I, I I think that a lot of people have a lot of problems with reboots, and a lot of people. Uh, think yeah. Hey, just leave the series how it is. It's fine as it is. And mm-hmm. some people like trash reboots just for being different. And like, because a lot of reboots try different things and everything. They just think that uh things don't look as right as they should. But personally, I love the idea of revamping something. And honestly, like they they usually make it better. Yeah, uh, I mean, the I think before twenty fourteen, I think the last Godzilla movie was in, I believe, 1998. Yeah. So that, that was also a reboot. And the biggest problem for everybody there was how they made Godzilla look. And it was kind of more of a, just kind of an oversized dinosaur look instead of what Godzilla is supposed to look like. And, yeah, you know... In, in that movie, he was literally like a giant, overgrown uh, iguana. And... Uh, yeah. The, the hilarious thing about that movie was it was 1998. It was, it was just like um, uh, just uh, 1998, uh, five years after the original Jurassic Park, and then uh, only yeah. one year release of the second of the sequel to Jurassic Park, uh, Lost World. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they like with that movie they even tried to capture the whole Velociraptors at, at the end with like the baby guns. Yeah. That. So honestly, I think that was kind of funny the way they did that. It was. And you know, that was that kind of weird time where the, the movies that people were into were giant lizards and monsters. I mean, but hey, what what is what much has changed? I mean, we're still making Godzilla <laughs> and Jurassic World movies, so 
That that is true. You know, we are still doing that. And also, I do believe that there are other movies between the uh, timeline of 1998 and the 2014 release of Godzilla, uh, including yeah. Godzilla, all uh, Godzilla, Mothra, um, and King Ghidorah, known as GMK, All Out Monsters Attack or whatever. Uh, which, yeah. Which is which features the only Ghidorah, only King Ghidorah in all of cinematic history to be smaller than Godzilla, which is <laughs> honestly because that like kind of defeats the whole purpose of Ghidorah. Yeah, and makes it easy for Godzilla to just rip him apart. Yeah, I mean, uh, because kind of the purpose of uh, Ghidorah is like this bigger stature, like this almost unstoppable force that Godzilla is just like, oh, I'm a badass, I am the king, and defeats anyways. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, there there have been a lot of kind of smaller movies, and uh, I've even seen some TV shows uh, about, you know, Godzilla and King Kong, a couple are, you know, pretty good, but ultimately, you know, I don't think really anything can top the OGs or even what we're seeing here in the past almost 10 years with the newer uh, monster verse. Yes, I believe so. And um, let's see, what else? Uh, so back to the uh, kind of original topic of talking about the 2014 Godzilla um, yeah. So, got kind of off topic there, but okay. Um, I think I think uh some of the things about the 2014 Godzilla is that uh it 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 kind of recaptures that human aspect that we miss from a lot of the Godzilla movies, including uh people yeah. like Sarazawa and Ford. Um, yeah. And uh, honestly, I I love those characters because uh they they actually do have uh development that you actually see. It, uh, people might disagree with that, but um, yeah. I, I actually, I actually really like the characters, and uh, they believe it or not, they do put thought and they put effort into making these characters. And Doctor Serizawa acting as kind of a whole explanatory force to how Godzilla or Gojira, as he calls him, um, is like a protector and whatnot, actually acts as yeah. a very good way to kind of uh, kind of make Godzilla more, less the enemy. Uh, yeah, he's where it's like Godzilla's not the enemy at all, really, because everyone's rooting for Godzilla at this point. Um, yeah, if if you uh, go into a Godzilla movie not expecting to root for Godzilla, then you're you're not going to it right. Um, <laughs> exactly. And then, uh, like I don't know. Uh, then Doctor Sarazawa's uh, famous line, like "Let them fight." I don't know. That was mm. that, that was a that was a really nice moment because it's just like it's it, it's such awareness of the fact that they are like they they basically can't do anything. So it's just yeah. Like, let them do their business. It's basically like um, what's it called? Uh, uh, na- I don't know. I want. I just want to say nature doing its work. Yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of you know Mother Nature running its course. You know, it's when when the Mutos come out as they're called. You know, our I guess main antagonist is the Muto. You know, when they come out or anything like them, it's Godzilla's job to come in and exterminate them. Exterminate reminds, reminds me extremely of the Daleks from Doctor Who. If you know what I'm talking about, yeah, yeah. Exterminate. Okay, See, now, <laughs> now we're gonna go off all the way off topic. Now we're gonna hit a, hit a whole different universe. Yeah, or maybe they're. Gonna, yeah. We'll talk about it. Who knows? The next podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. No, but 
the, uh, uh, conspiracies on how the Doctor Who and uh, MonsterVerse uh, universe is being connected. Um, I don't know. There, there are also some beautiful shots in the 2014 Godzilla, which is something I look for in movies. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, like, okay, specifically, uh, when he uses his atomic breath, um, I think it being like the nighttime, uh, uh, kind of. Um, yeah. More of just like the debris and everything causing dust and air to like make it dusty and you barely mm-hmm. see. And the the um, atomic breath uh, illuminating um, in such a nice blue color, I think, is beautiful. And especially when he grabs the uh, female Muto's head and just yeah. freaking like annihilates the head off, just completely <laughs> kills the thing in the best way possible, honestly. Yeah, that was it's not the breath of life, that was the breath of death. I, you're you're sure right about that. Just straight shot her head off. But uh I think personally one of my favorite scenes was when we first actually got to see Godzilla at the at the airport in Hawaii. You know, we see we see the, the Muto uh throwing planes and blowing all blowing them up and you hear the people in the in the uh uh God, what what's it called? This I just I'm blanking. Airport, I blanked on it. But you hear the people in the airport screaming, and then you see Godzilla's foot come down, and they just all fall silent. Yeah, uh, I th- I, that was just amazing. I I think there's a lot of um uh work putting into that scene, and of course, I mean. Yeah. Uh, when when you like make like the first like full stature appearance of Godzilla, you got to like make sure that it's a it's a, a very good scene. And the lean up shot yeah. to like seeing him roar that was the absolutely most perfect way to do it. That that was amazing, you know. Like you said, hearing that iconic, but also revamped just roar was outstanding. I don't know how else to put it. And um, the last thing that uh, I want to discuss, one more thing, discuss, um, discuss is what I mean. Um, yeah. Discuss about the 2014 Godzilla movie is um, I, I love because uh, you were saying this before when we uh, recorded the episode is I love the, the how they make the roles of the male Muto, Muto and the female Muto yeah. and how they're different. And mm-hmm. how um, the female takes on more of a protective part of the babies, and um, the male is like the smaller, more agile, flying one. Uh, and I yeah. think that how they did that was like uh, really nice, actually. Yeah, you know, like, like I said, you know, a lot of times in you know in actual nature, you see those kind of distinctions between the male and the female. Uh, sometimes it's for mating purposes. Sometimes it's for defensive purposes and I think kind of having it's kind of a small detail compared to the overall movie but those kind of small details I like seeing in a movie like Godzilla yes and so moving on to the next installment will be of course Kong Skull Island and I'm I'm completely start off um, the discussion with this I, I think personally this is probably my second uh, favorite out of the three installments so far. Um, mm-hmm. th- this this has uh, great scenes. Uh, I honestly feel like a great story. Um, yeah. The CGI is great. Kong looks great. Um, it has a bunch of Marvel actors and if you uh, don't want to yeah. see that reason alone, then like don't watch this podcast. I'm just kidding. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. that. Uh, I think 
just making that the making of that movie was amazing and I don't know, I love it. Yeah, you know, it was it was outstanding. Like you know, like I said on our first attempt, you know, I love how they kind of make a a kind of a new vert like a new spin on Skull Island and having it kind of cloaked in a storm that just, you know, never subsides just to kind of protect everything and everyone on the island from the outside because I guess Mother Nature is like, hey, those people are kind of destructive. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this little part of part of the world to to itself. I'm gonna try to keep this protected. Yeah. And uh I I think going to the MonsterVerse of course, uh Skull mm-hmm. Island having so many of the uh the t- uh, new Titans to um uh, uh what's the for um the skull crawlers uh not just the skull crawlers but all the titans that they had uh uh to um ah uh, like to uh to 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 um uh, what's the word just like to it's like show something that's new to like oh to unveil to yeah like that just to unveil their all the, like new titans um and uh because I think that from Godzilla 2014, uh, there was only Godzilla and the Mutos, of course. Uh, yeah. Or in this one, we have the the um, some uh, guy with the yak. Skull crawlers. Skull crawlers. The yak. The the uh, mother long legs. Um, yep. Was unbelievably scary. I mean, they have to put a freaking spider in every single King Kong movie for some reason. That one was just the worst of them. Oh <laughs> yeah! Imagine you think just walking through a kind of like a little forest of bamboo and all of a sudden you look up and then there's this giant spider leg going through a guy's mouth. Yeah, that that was a very intensely scary scene right there. And then it had like freaking yeah. endrolls or whatever to grab um yeah. one of the one of the soldiers and mm-hmm. I I I don't know why one of those creatures would ever exist, but I'm glad it's just CGI and doesn't actually exist. Hey, I mean there was there was their you know, freaky, kind of scary animals, but then there are the, those good ones, you know, like you said, the yak, uh, the the kind of like the, the, the stick bug yep. uh, thing that we saw that uh, uh, the, oh, I can't remember the, the guy's name, uh, sat on and then accidentally shot up. Uh, Jack Chapman, I believe. Jack Chapman, I, could, I couldn't remember. I knew his initials or something like that. But yeah, he was sitting on and you know, it, it kind of got up and it freaked him out. And, you know, being who we are, he just kind of just started shooting at it. Yeah. But, you know, but, you know that was a – I thought that was probably one of the, the coolest, most beautiful animals there. Yeah, honestly, that – that besides Kong and Skull Colors, it's probably my favorite one. I don't know. I Yeah. I, I do like how it completely camouflaged into a log and, like, how it's usually <laughs> a bug, but they just uh, – by um, – yeah. Increasing it in so much size that they made it a log bug, basically. So, yeah, I mean, we see a lot of the, the animals on Skull Island have that capability, like with the with the long let with the spider, you know. Uh, even those like bird things, you know, they were able to kind of disguise themselves as Psycho- like leaves on a tree, which is uh, which is a great name for them, I believe, because they. Mm-hmm. Look crazy. They sound crazy. They act crazy. Oh man! And there was even there was even that scene that reminded me directly from uh, of Jurassic World. Um, I was just about to say. Yeah, where they they took off um, with the um, 
and I, I, I don't expect to know the science but, name, but no, yeah, no. awful lag from him as well. And yeah, and that looked horrifying. Man, that would have uh, that would have sucked. And so, okay, what else can be said about Kongskull Island? There's the there's a beautiful shots, of course, in the film, such yeah. When the helicopters are going towards Kong and it's like has that haze with the sunset behind. There's even mm-hmm. like the I think the southern lights are featured in the film with um Brie yeah. uh, Larson's there. Can't remember her name, trying um Mason Davies, I believe. No, Mason something. Um Yeah, something like that. Um uh trying to take the long exposure photograph of the beautiful lights, of course. Um and of course there's a scene with Colonel Packard looking straight face to face with the um uh, the Kong, of course, and yeah. explosions everywhere. No, no, no. That's a that's a really fun part of the movies for me is being able to see those really nice shots. Yeah, uh, uh, but I mean, you you basically hit. It, you know, I think those are the the high points with the, the those shots in Skull Island was you know having that kind of that reveal of Kong, you know, being. This is this, this giant ape who who ain't gonna take nobody's guff. Ain't, ain't gonna take no guff from anybody, <laughs> especially people coming in bombing his home. He's definitely not gonna take that. Uh, yeah. And uh, another thing is, I feel like the um, reveal of Kong was such mm-hmm. a beautiful a beautiful way to do it. It's kind of reminds me of the less is more approach with Godzilla. And mm-hmm. but the the first way you see Kong is you see the reactions of the soldiers approaching Kong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't see him initially. We just see everyone in the helicopters when they look over and they're like, "What is that?" And then we get that. Pain, then we get uh get the reveal of Kong, and you know that was just so well done. And also, I feel like the the whole break of the, like silence. Um, where they're playing the music, and then um, uh, that soldier just yells, look out, or whatever, when uh, Kong mm-hmm. throws, like, a tree right at the helicopter, and everything just goes silent as everyone's just looking at this huge monster, and I believe that was a really great scene. That was. I mean, that was, man. I mean, who, what other reaction could you get from a bunch of people seeing a 100, what would you say, 163-foot something like gorilla? that. No, but I mean, what what other reaction would you have but awe and amazement? Yeah, and complete terror, of course, seeing as he's like oh, yeah. freaking helicopters around, smashing them into each other. There was that scene where he was literally running towards the helicopter while having a helicopter chase him, and then he jumped to have them collide, which I feel like shows just his agility and his intelligence all at once, which was like, yeah. I, I really love that scene. I think that you know that kind of shows a shows us the picture that you know we're not the only intelligent beings on this planet. You know, we had, there are other things that are pretty pretty dang smart, and sometimes our own hubris is our is our downfall because of it because we think we're yeah. The, I believe that's the smartest people. I believe that's what's so um, great about Kong is because we uh, believe to be basically the second smartest species on the earth is. Um, monkeys because they are of course primates so apes and all those are basically like uh yeah. that are like almost there with humans really and so mm-hmm. kong being a giant one of the primates uh like a huge i don't i believe he's an ape 
Um, and uh, that, that just gives him that ability to be smart in that way. That yeah. and, and rewatching it and seeing that scene that I just talked about, uh, it immediately came to me like, okay, and this is why he has a chance against Godzilla in the uh, like upcoming movies because he has mm-hmm. the smarts, he has the tactical thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Plus, so, you know, like they said, you know, he was still growing. Yeah. I mean, he only get bigger. Yeah, and he did get bigger, and we'll talk about the Godzilla vs. Kong trailer um, yeah. later. Uh, um, the last thing for Kong Skull Island is, um, of course, the uh, the, char- the character development, or not specifically really development, but the character Colonel Packard, of course. Oh, man. I feel like he had a very huge role in the film, of course. Yeah, uh it wasn't a very positive one, no. as we saw. You know, we are. I think the first real shot of the scene or real shot of the movie was, you know, him and his men going, uh, getting leave, about to go home on vacations and all sorts of stuff like that. And you know, he gets a call from a higher up, and they're like, "Hey, we got a, we got this mission. Do you want to do it?" And he was like, "Yeah." He was quick to say, "Yeah, no doubt." And you know, that really shows that he can't either can't or does not want to live without some sort of war or something to, to beat. And, uh, you know, in my opinion, you know, that Kong wasn't what killed his men. Ultimately, it was him for making yeah. those foolish decisions. decisions. I, I I really feel like um, it was a mistake uh, with him going into it, um, sacrificing even more men be- just because he wanted to take it down. Um, yeah. He, he even had a lot excuse for um uh a, a lot of the movie where he was just searching for jack chapman one of his yeah. uh, uh soldiers who was uh looking forward to um getting back to his son billy um which yeah. of course seems like an, a, a noble cause of course uh you're gonna decide with packard for that but then yeah when conrad reveals that he's dead to him it packard's real intentions are more or less obvious because he just wants to take down the the enemy that he sees that scene yeah. talked about with him staring Kong in the eyes. It it was it was clear to target who he needed the war with. Yeah. So very sorry about my internet. Oh man, what can what can you do? Anyways, what were we talking about? Oh, uh, we were talking about uh, Packard and you know how his his drive to just beat the enemy he sees in front of him instead of getting his men off the island. Yeah, and I don't know. Ultimately, ultimately like you said, it, it leads to him getting his men killed, not Kong. Yeah. He, wants to, he wants to blame Kong, but I really feel like it is him. And he ultimately, yeah. um, a, a death that is honestly, in my opinion, pretty awesome. Just getting smashed by freaking um, Kong's fist mm-hmm. as uh. Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson says one of his famous words, and I'm pretty sure he invented "mother." <laughs> I, I think he did. Uh, he at least he at least trademarked that. Yes, yes, of course. Almost any 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 movie he's in that allows that. I mean, really, any R-rated movie because that's basically the only movies that allow that. He's gonna say it. I was waiting for it in Revenge of the Sith. I never got it. 
Dude, I mean, they were PG thirteen. They had they were allowed one. He could have they could have done it, but you know. I mean, I, I, I like literally the um Sith Lord was like using force lightning on him. I'm pretty sure that he had the right to say it. Oh yeah, he could have. It's just you know, I think George Lucas was like, eh, this is kind of not targeted towards more mature audiences only. Well, he did give Samuel L. Jackson his own lightsaber color. I think that Samuel L. Jackson could have convinced him to get his uh, own uh, curse word in the movie. I mean, he could have, but, you know, we don't really hear them cuss really anywhere else True. in the universe. But, but yeah, I'm pretty sure he should have at least trademarked the word. Yes. Well, not to start a whole discussion about Star Wars, as we will one day for the podcast, of course, because that's another thing that we will obviously have to be talking about. Um, Can't wait for that day. Let's let's head back to the whole idea of the monsters, and I believe yeah. we're pretty wrapped up with Kong Skull Island, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, I think we I think we covered all our bases there. All right, so let's move forward to Godzilla King of the Monsters, my favorite installment in the franchise thus far. Mm. Yeah, I mean, just, uh, you know, like I said, I, that kind of movie kind of, you know, revealing all the Titans and having it end in the way it did, you know, I, I really think it, that also could have been a really great into the MonsterVerse movie, but, you know, they did a outstanding job with it, you know, uh, having the big name uh, Titans that they had was really awesome. Yeah, and I, I think, again, with the whole beautiful shots idea, which I'll say so many times, probably discussed through all the movies we discussed, I'm, I'm obsessed yeah. with the, the beautiful shots that we were given. Uh, the the the, I, the scene with Ghidorah roaring at the top of a volcano, the um, scene yeah. with Redding for Rings, the uh, wings, the full stature shots of Godzilla versus Ghidorah in Antarctica, Rodan uh, emerging from the volcano. Any of the Titans emerging, really. Um, I believe all yeah. beautiful shots, and honestly, um, any of those would make like great screensavers, honestly. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I think that's something that's really big in the MonsterVerse, kind of like screensaver-worthy shots and uh, scenes. Were, which, I mean, credit to the directors and everyone on involved in these movies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, what's another thing about Godzilla King of the Monsters? I feel like we can discuss. Um, I don't know. Um, I mean the the fact that we had a the scientist who was we, we, where we see was involved at the incident in San Francisco and Godzilla 2014, and her and her husband lose their son, and I guess this kind of sends her down the path to. The idea that hey, how should we save the world by basically ending it, releasing releasing all the titans? Yeah, let's do that. That's a I good idea. Feel like um, uh, after the release of Endgame at, at the beginning of that year, um, which this release I believe a month after Endgame, I believe uh, it was just kind of funny. Yeah. She was kind of really following a lot of Thanos ideals right there. I'm talking yeah. about what Russell. As being like, humanity is the disease. We need mm-hmm. to let these, like, big guys come out and wipe us out so that we can, like, re- be reborn. It's... Yeah. I, I don't know what pot she was taking, but she, she did sound a lot like a crazy chick. 
I think it was a little stronger than pot because I mean that's I don't know what I don't know what you could do that leads you to the thought that hey mass murder of almost everyone on the planet will solve everything. I mean, hopefully none of our world's leaders will ever think that's a good idea. Well, I mean, we've probably had a few over the over the years that have thought if they had that ability, probably would have done it. Yeah. Thank God, this is a this is a a movie universe instead of real life. Because yeah, that wouldn't be too good. <laughs> yeah, not not even just that. Just the the fact that the, like the whole destruction and the risk of life and yeah. Like, with these huge monsters roaming around in the first place. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like you said, I, I think it's it's weird way to think of it. Like, the, wor- the world is kind of like a, a human body. We're the disease, and the titans are the immune system trying to trying to fix a fix a problem. But, I mean, do we, do we screw up a lot? Yeah, I mean, we do, but I don't think the solution is just get rid of most of the population of the world and all is going to be dandy. Yeah. Especially with Ghidorah. Yeah, Ghidorah, Ghidorah is probably like one of my favorite Titans. Um, this this version of Ghidorah was amazing. Um, yeah. The Ghidorah Roar was one of my favorite sound designs. Um, yeah. It, uh, I, I love that whole scene where Ghidorah um, uh, finishes off Godzilla after taking a head uh, because Godzilla ripped off one of the heads. Um, and yeah. um, going back to that volcano, growing back that head, and then roaring like that to summon all the other titans, that, I believe, was like my favorite scene in the movie, honestly. I rewatched it several mm-hmm. times. I just love it. I, I love the sound design of the roar. I love the, the look as um, Ghidorah spreads his wings and have all three heads uh, roaring up in the air. with the, uh, And then it like, zooms out to like see the whole volcano all of Ghidorah and like that cross right there in like the foreground mm-hmm. I believe it's just like a beautiful shot which is a, 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 again one of those beautiful shots yeah you're right um I, and I always thought you know the kind of the, the real issue with how they released the Titans I mean obviously it wouldn't have made as good of a movie but I think if you're going to release all of them you should probably release Ghidorah last because, yeah, you know this is the big bad, a big bad. But and they, I mean, like I said, wouldn't and, have uh, a movie. Emma Russell, when releasing Ghidorah, they even knew that Ghidorah being 521 feet was the biggest Titan that they knew of. Yeah, they knew. So uh, even with Apex having their own plans, I feel like releasing that one um, in like the earliest stages was not a good idea to begin with. It really wasn't, and you know, it kind of goes back to what I said about in, uh, when, I, when we were talking about Skull Island was uh, Emma and Apex kind of thought, you know, they were they were all they were like super smart using the Orca and everything, when ultimately the Orca was essentially useless, and you know, we fell to our own hubris. Yep, and. Um... Uh, another thing with Emma Russell was that I thought was absolutely hilarious is that she, uh, speaking of the Orca, she literally took the Orca in means to yeah. sacrifice herself. Um, which we, we said this in a, uh, other um, recording that we did, uh, which it, which how, literally they could have just put the Orca in the Humvee and 
put a rock on the pedal, which is about how useful Emma was as she <laughs> yep. drove away. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's, I, I mean, I guess it's a good character arc for her, you know, being, beginning the movie, we see her as kind of a good good guy, and then we find out that she's not so much of a good guy, and then I guess her redemption to, I caused all this pain, it's only fair I sacrifice myself, but ultimately I think the best way to make up for what you did is be a better mother to your family or to your uh, daughter and try to fix what you caused. Yeah, but uh, I I think there was um, even better ways to sacrifice yourself, even with uh, Mm -hmm. sacrificing herself. I just think I also think it was just hilarious how uh, she like fell down or whatever and uh, she just had that like little line where it's like long live the king and Mm -hmm. honestly to be fair, we don't even know what king she was rooting for at that point. We can assume, but yeah, I mean, honestly, she could have she could have uh, uh, still been working for Ghidorah somehow or something like that. But she could have, and you know, like I said the last time, I, she must have had an excruciating death because when Godzilla came in, you know, like super atomic, he, he was melting the buildings. That's how hot that dude was. Yeah, that that had, that had to be excruciating. That was uh, that looked like an excruciating death for Ghidorah as well. I mean, oh yeah, literally the bur- burning to the bone. Uh, I mean, just I, I I mean honestly, personally, I wouldn't know because that's never happened to me. But I feel like that would be yeah excruciatingly painful. We we can kind of we can kind of imagine what it would be like. I mean, they went full Raiders of the Lost Ark on them. Yes, um, and then and then and then not only that, but then Ghidorah uh, got like swallowed up by uh, Godzilla. Then his atomic breath blasted <laughs> his head. I thought that was that, that was just like probably the funniest shot in the the three movies. Was at first I thought he was going to try to Godzilla was going to try to eat his head, <laughs> but no, he was just positioning it to where he could better shoot his head off with his atomic. Yeah, which is, which is kind of reminiscing about the whole female Muto scene from the original 2014 Godzilla where he blasted yeah. his head off. But kind of did it the opposite way. Yeah. Shot him from the other end. Yep. Which is, uh, which you would never think would actually happen, but it happened. It happened. I, I mean, I, I mean, I guess. I don't think it would happen if that would happen in real life, but who knows? Yeah, and then uh, I feel like one of the best scenes and probably my second favorite scene of the movie is when all the other uh, Titans are going, just bowing to Godzilla as he's roaring. Like, yeah. is uh, Godzilla truly being the king of the monsters? Yep. You know, he's he's the best of the best, and he proved it. And I don't know. I, the, the funny thing is, however, I feel like it's kind of uh, uh, weird to... Um, have him do all this and then go to fight Kong. I, I don't. I don't think, of course, because they. Uh, they. Yeah. The, Godzilla versus Kong is the obviously the bigger movie because that's like sixty years in the wait and everything. However, I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like him going fully atomic and defeating Ghidorah like that, uh, and then to go to fighting Kong. I don't know. I feel like he could. Uh, he could be overpowered in that moment, but. Yeah, I don't know. I still, I, st- I still believe in the equal fight between Kong and Godzilla. Either way. Yeah, you know, uh, 
I mean, I guess we can go ahead and segue into yeah, yeah, the Godzilla versus the, Kong. Um, we've only Godzilla versus Kong this year, and it's probably going to be the most most anticipated film of the year so far. Yeah, so um, I mean, um, it's it's been anticipated for sixty years, basically. Um. The, yeah, the the, yeah. the last um making of Godzilla vs Kong, the only other making is uh Godzilla vs King Kong in 1962, I believe, and um it, back then, of course, it was just men in suits, of course, and uh I don't know, it was yeah, it, it, it of course it's not as developed as it is now, and now you uh, come forward 60 years and. You got these, and they're even bigger than they were before. And now they're CGI. They look good. The, the like their full statures look amazing. And Kong has grown all the way to the size of Godzilla. Everything is great. And I feel like going into this movie, there's uh there's a lot to be done, and a lot will be great. Yeah, you know, you know like I, I mentioned, you know, the biggest conspiracy for the movie is you know Godzilla is actually just Mecha Godzilla in disguise. Yep. Which would which would be an interesting twist, you know. Even you said if you know Godzilla and King Kong, you know they they uh, they pair up to beat Mecha Godzilla, which would be an amazing movie. Um, yeah, that's that's honestly how I hope it's gonna go. That I mean, that that would that would be amazing, and that would be an an outstanding twist. I, I'm I think what everybody's really really anticipating is. Finding out why Godzilla is actually attacking this time. Yeah. After we've after we've seen him defend us over over two movies, and now he's attacking. You know, I think everybody can't wait to find out the reasoning. Yeah. Behind that. I think I think the funniest thing that how they put it is because uh, Dr. Mark Russell in the trailer actually says Godzilla is hurting people and we don't know why, which is kind of funny because I saw a YouTube video I believe where um it was uh it played it, it said that and then it played. So many clips of Godzilla in 2014 and King of the Monsters just wrecking complete places where there were people just destroying things, mm-hmm. obviously killing people, which was kind of funny. Um, it's, it's just kind of a funny way to phrase it because he's uh, he's hurting people and we don't know why. However, he's hurt so many people before, not for the, uh, in the intent of, of attacking them, of course. But I don't know. It's yeah. a funny way to They're like, just... he's hurting people. Oh, yeah, he's done the last two, uh, two films as well. Yeah. I mean, one of them being his own son. Yep. That, I, I mean... And, okay, that, that backtrack a little bit to Godzilla King of Monsters, which is um, uh, one thing that I forgot to talk about, is how Dr. Mark Russell developed in that film, because both him and Serizawa became very key cre- uh, key creatures, key characters yep. to, uh, of, of developing in that film, because Dr. Serizawa... Um, uh, of course, sacrificed his life to save Godzilla in the reverse of the original situation in the original Godzilla film, where uh, um, kills himself to uh, well, not killed himself, but sacrificed himself to kill Godzilla. This time yeah. it was reversed, and uh, and of course there was the um, his watch stopped at the exact time Hiroshima uh, received his bomb, which is an homage to what made the Godzilla films in the first place, and it's a really nice mm-hmm. scene. And uh, it's a nice development for Sarazawa's character, and but that more importantly, that even further developed Dr. Uh, Dr. Mark Russell's character, because the entire film there's a whole confliction between Sarazawa and Dr. Mark Russell, because Dr. Mark Russell sees Godzilla as this uh, horrible creature that came in and wrecked yeah. uh, San Francisco, 
and uh, killed his son. Um, yep. And Serizawa sees him as kind of like o- almost a deity, I would say, um, and to someone he's grown up uh, um, like loving and uh, respecting him as Gojira, of course. And uh, so yeah. they kind of have two very conflicting opinions on Godzilla. And uh, Dr. Yeah. Russell has that development to where he gets to the point where he realizes that Godzilla is kind of a defender. And uh, once he realizes that, he realizes he can help Godzilla in the fight. Yeah. Uh, I think he, um, I think his, his kind of development to that was a little too late, <laughs> but you know, I guess better late yeah. than never. Um, but you know, I uh, can't wait to uh, find out what really pissed Godzilla off because, I mean, he doesn't come out for anybody, anybody or anything. He comes out when there's yeah, a problem. Yeah, and honestly, if there is a problem that Godzilla has to deal with, it's probably the making of Godzilla, uh, Mechagodzilla. Not the making of Godzilla. Um, the making of Mechagodzilla because Mechagodzilla yeah. is almost most definitely going to be in Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, I think it's basically completely oh, yeah. uh, uh, like certain by now. Um, and I feel like, of course, that if they took like skeletal stru- skeletal structures from uh, an old Godzilla fossil or something like that, that would definitely ink Godzilla. Yeah. And uh, eventually, um, uh, him and Kong will probably team up and, of course, defeat Mechagodzilla, which would make a great film. It would, you know. I mean, it, it would, I, th- I think, shatter everyone's expectation of the film, especially kind of the the casuals who were just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go see this. Why not? I know these I know these two characters. Uh, but, you know, for people who are more into it and more into the, the whole universe, you know, this is something like you say, you know, this is going to be kind of yeah. expected and uh, anticipated, I I, I, I really can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. And, uh, of course, we'll have more to discuss about it when the actual movie comes out. But as of right now, that's basically yep. all we can say about it. There's mm-hmm. uh, there's, uh, there's a lot more um, things uh, that we could get nitpicky with details and everything. But I think we're just going to leave it off at that for now. And uh, we'll... Yeah. We'll, of course, talk a lot more about Godzilla vs. Kong when we discuss it when the movie comes out. And yep. as of right now, I think that's us signing off from this podcast. This has been One Way or Another, Episode 1, Exploring the Monsterverse. So if you enjoyed it, see ya. See ya.